One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, today presented to you by Jim Beam. You might have seen last night on the Instagram story that Jim Beam are uh, supporting everything that Rugby League Guru is doing at the moment. Jim Beam is the ideal addition to Australia's favourite pastime of not only watching the footy, but watching State of Origin footy. And wow, wasn't there a show put on last night? State of Origin is done and done dusted uh, for season 2023. Heartbreaking stuff as a New South Wales fan tonight. Um, it is about 1.30am. Gone back and watched the game. Uh, I've got all my notes ready to go. All my players that I thought were outstanding. The things I want you to take note of. So much to talk about. Uh, but let me just start off by saying that I am absolutely fucking shattered and heartbroken. Um, did I give us all that much chance to win this game? No, I didn't. Uh, but it still doesn't hurt. Any less. Uh, so very, very tough pill to swallow tonight. Uh, tried to be as unbiased as I could across the Instagram stories and whatnot. And a lot of messages from you guys that were all, well, the vast majority, very positive. So really good to see. But yeah, absolutely shattered uh, with how this Origin series has played out. And, you know, I'll, I think that one thing that does annoy me and, you know, I don't I don't really consider myself part of um, like true media but I think that one thing I have noticed with media, especially in the last few hours when I've been watching everything on social media, is that um, for whatever reason, all the reports and everything I'm reading is about what New South Wales didn't do, where the reality should be that it should be about what Queensland did, not what New South Wales didn't do. And I just, I don't, I don't think Queensland are quite getting the credit they deserve. I think that a lot of it is just being focused on what New South Wales didn't do. And, and we, we will get to that. But I want the focus of this podcast to be what Queensland did because I am so fucking impressed with what they managed to do in this series and in this game um, in particular. So I heap to dive into when I do my notes for a big game like this. I break the game down into eight, ten-minute sections. Uh, and I've got little notes for each of those. And I'll I'll sort of have a look at those. But I, I really – I just want to talk about individual players tonight, to be honest with you guys. It was just so many individual performances that just blew me away and were just true – origin performances. Uh, but look, as I do have a look through my, you know, first 10 minutes, um, obviously, uh, you know, the Blues, 
Junior Bolo took the first hit up. There was an early shift out to Hudson Young. I actually thought New South Wales looked okay. Uh, then came the big moment, though. Uh, Turbo gives away a penalty. Queensland, they march down the other end. They look like they're going to score for all money down the left edge. Turbo comes up with a huge defensive play. Uh, unfortunately, he's torn his peck, which put him out for this game, ended manly season, makes my Supercoach draft season very fucking tough as well, which was a little extra kick in the dick on the cherry on top of the evening. But um, from that moment... Life was always going to be tough, obviously, without Latrell and whatnot. Uh, taking away Turbo, that 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 really did sting, and I don't think we handled that overly well, but I will get to that eventually when we get to New South Wales. Uh, but I did just want to touch on that because obviously it had a, a huge impact on the game, and I think it's one of the bigger talking points coming out of this game. If Turbo plays, do we win? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think so. I don't think he would have made that much of a difference. Uh, I think the better team won by far and away. I think Queensland were the better team. I think we got out-origined again. Um, and, you know, that, that almost sounds like a throwaway line now, but it just happens so often, and there's just so many moments where you see it time and time again, and we'll... We'll talk about some of those now. So, obviously, uh, you know, the first try, Val Holmes scores off a bit of a rebound kick, bit of a 50-51. Yeah, well, could have gone either way, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm not too concerned uh, about that one, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I, I don't think it was, you know, a blatant knock-on or anything like that. I think it just was uh, what it was, realistically. Uh, so, not holding that one against anyone or anything. That one is what it is. Those things happen in rugby league. Um, and, I mean... At the end of the day, it came down to like how we responded to moments like that, how we responded to, um, you know, Tommy Trevojevic having to leave the field and whatnot. And we just didn't handle it uh, well. We didn't handle it well at all. Uh, Murray Tualangi scored the next try. We'll talk about him very soon. Uh, I know a lot of Blues fans blowing up thinking the, the pass was forward. I probably think it was, but I think it was a line enough ball to understand why it wasn't called. Um, I don't think it was a blatant, blatant, blatant. I do think it was forward. Uh, but once again, if you think that's why we lost this game or it had a huge impact on this game, there were so many other moments that did. We had so many opportunities that we just simply did not ice. So I really don't want to hear Blues fans fucking trying to blame the ref or any of that sort of bullshit the the problems go so much deeper than that and before we're going to whinge and complain about the things that are out of our control we need to take care of the things that are in our control and we're simply not doing that so Murray Tualangi he scored the second try uh the Maroons went up 10-0 at that point uh Freddie made a change then he put Stefano onto the field for Hudson Young uh Stefano played pretty limited minutes he came off in the 47th minute after going on in the 34th so he's on the field for 13 minutes and um, half time was in the middle of that. So another interchange that I just, just didn't make sense to me. Uh, Val Holmes then crossed over a nice little try there. And then realistically the floodgates open. Uh, once Hamiso scored uh, a brilliant little try down the left edge, Murray Tualungi kicking back infield uh, and him just getting a room service bounce. That was after Murray Tualungi made a number of huge try saving tackles. I think there was two tries that he probably saved tonight. Um, talk about him very soon in detail, but he is... He is quickly becoming like the modern-day Matty Sink, where just in big games, in big moments, uh, scoring tries is fantastic, setting up tries is unreal, but saving tries is where it really matters. And Murray Tualangi, some of the plays that he has come up with in these first two origins, fucking unbelievable. And shout-out to Billy Slater for making that decision. He obviously decided to leave Dane Gagai out of the side, uh, which essentially brought Murray in and... Fuck, you might have found your, you might, you might have found your new Dane Gagai because he, uh, he is just such... A rare talent. Hasn't been in fantastic form for the Cowboys. The Cowboys haven't been in fantastic form either. 
I just think Murray, he's just been tremendous. Um, and look, once that try was scored, I know Damien Cook scored late and whatnot and you know, a little bit of excitement at the end, but it was just it was just well and truly over by then. Um, and personally, I kind of think this series was done and dusted from when the teams were selected from game one. I think that, you know, as much as Matty Johns was sort of taking the piss out of Joey a couple of weeks ago, you look back at the comments that Matty made and they were all spot on. He said that Billy Slater, they, they know who they're picking, they know what their plan is. You know, Joey got fired up, and I love Joey because he's passionate, but he sort of said, oh, what, New South Wales don't? And Matty went, no, they don't. Queensland do. He's smarter than you guys. Billy Slater's smarter than you two. And for me, I think that's exactly how this series played out, unfortunately, which is a tough pill to swallow. But, you know, if you had to pick a player of this series, there's a number of guys put their hand up, and, fuck, if you want to include the coach in that, I would find it very, very hard to go past uh, Billy Slater. And there was some comments from Billy after the game that, um, honestly, I think they're going to keep me awake at night. Just hearing the passion that this guy has and what he brings to rugby league, it is uh, it's pretty terrifying. There was a moment in the uh, post-game press conference where he was talking about the tackle that DCE made uh, on Critter, and we'll talk about it very soon, but... Um, you know, he spoke about how, you know, DCE compared to Stephen Crichton, who, you know, I think he described him as just the complete athlete um, going up against DCE, who, keep in mind, is 34 years old. And, um, you know, like you'd be, you'd be able to find stats and how fast they both ran and how many metres they covered and the maths in it and all that sort of stuff. And Billy just said, you know, what you can't measure is the want. It's a simple word, want, but we don't talk about it enough in rugby league. And it's a, you know, Billy essentially described it as a Queensland thing. And, you know, that infuriates me to hear, to be honest with you. But, like, good God, it's hard to push back on. It is very, very hard to push back on. And that was just another moment where it just had origin written all over it. Billy Slater also mentioned in the post-game chat, uh, he said that their mantra this year is, I can because we are. And I'll say that again. I can because we are. It's a bit of a weird sentence, but the way that Billy explained it is like, and he took the DCE moment, for example, and he's, you know, talking from DCE's perspective, I can make that tackle because of who we are. DCE knew that as soon as he made that tackle, there would be another 12 Queenslanders who just went into absolute scramble mode to get there. And all 12 of them were were behind him when he made that tackle. Um, And if you go back and watch that moment, Critter's running away. DCE has his origin moment, makes that tackle. All of Queensland is getting back on side. And not only do they get back on side, within a minute, they're actually scoring at the other end. They went all the way down the other end of the field and scored. And uh, pretty amazing stuff. And it just it, it just comes back to that. I can because of who we are, because of who we are as a team, because of who we are as a state. That allows guys like DCE to do unbelievable things like that. And it has been like that in Queensland for a very, very long time. And it just, I don't know, I just don't feel like we have that same sort of passion. But once again, this is about Queensland, uh, what they managed to do last night. But I just think Billy Slater, he is quite possibly scarier as a coach than he was as a player. And that is unbelievable because I think he's the greatest fullback I have ever seen. And he terrorized us for years. Um, And I think someone left a comment on, on one of my Instagram posts that, you know, this guy used to absolutely pick part pick teams apart when he had seconds to think about it, seconds to adjust, seconds to work out what he was going to do. Now this bloke, you're giving him a calendar year to get ready to pick apart New South Wales. And my God, it was, he physically picked us apart. He mentally picked us apart. He psychologically picked us apart. 
as well. And it just always felt like Billy Slater was just one step ahead of Freddie, New South Wales, you name it. It just felt like Billy was always one step ahead no matter what happened during that during those first two games and the entire series realistically. So shout out to Billy Slater. He scares the living hell out of me and it scares me so much to think what this guy is going to achieve with this current group of players that he's got. It is, uh, it's terrifying. And the scariest thing is that no matter who he brings in, they play 10 out of 10 games. They just absolutely kill it. For us, we, uh, you know, we can't trust bringing anyone in. We just, we, the, the, I, I have just got no confidence in, you know, I, I have confidence in guys that, that, that we bring in. I worded that poorly. But the confidence that they have to bring guys in and know they're going to do a 10 out of 10, whereas the confidence I have to bring guys in just hoping they do a 7 or an 8, um, it is worlds apart at the moment. And it is a scary, scary reality to look at where New South Wales is at, that we just, we lack something. We're not sure what it is, but we know Queensland's got it. And the people that understand Origin more than anyone, we've already got steering our ship in Freddie and Joey. And we just can't work it out. And Billy Slater looks like he's forgotten more than what we know. So scary, scary times. Uh, But yeah, Billy Slater, shout out to him. I think that what he's done with his Origin team has just been uh, unbelievable. And I am just so impressed uh, with what this guy has managed to achieve in such a short amount of time as being a coach. And I think he's going to have a very, very long and successful career. Let's get into um, some other guys. And one guy that, you know... I knew before a ball was kicked, he was going to have an absolute cracker, Pat Carrigan. Before a ball was kicked, I was sitting there having a Jim Beam, uh, the perfect drink of choice for the pregame. Jim Beam obviously bringing you this podcast and a lot of the content we're doing around State of Origin this year. Uh, I was sitting there having my Jim Beam responsibly before the game, and I just I knew that Pat Carrigan would have something special lined up. I knew he'd have a good performance. He is just an out-and-out Origin player, and uh, he didn't disappoint. 59 minutes 13 runs, 112 metres, 42 post-contact, three tackle breaks, one line break assist, one offload and 39 tackles. Um, And look, I think that is just a stock standard shift for this guy, realistically. Uh, It's it's honestly not even overly impressive because this is just what this guy does. Every single origin, and I just... I don't think it's ever going to stop. I really don't, and I think that... There's not going to be too many origins where Pat Carrigan isn't in the top three to five players on the field. I think he's going to stack up a lot of awards. I think he's always going to be right up there for a Wally Lewis medal because we're going to get to the end of the series. And he might not even have a man of the match award, but he might be the second or third best player in every single game. And then you sort of start to appreciate those guys more and more. So he's a scary player, Paddy Carrigan and I... I, I said it about six weeks ago that I think we're so we're all very hung up on Isaiah Yo, Cam Murray, who's the best thirteen in rugby league. I'm sorry, are we looking at him? Is it Pat Carrigan? Is it Pat Carrigan? Um, and people might push back on that. I'm sure there'll be New South Wales when they'll get upset by that. But I mean, good God, uh, if he's not the best, it's now a three way conversation. It's not a two way conversation anymore. Uh, and right now, as it stands with how it's all played out in Origin, it's Pat Carrigan and one of the other two. Pretty wild. Uh, Ruben Cotter, 80 minutes, 44 tackles, four tackle breaks, 127 metres. The bloke is an absolute warrior. Said during the week, talking with Matty the Waterboy, he is just Dallas Johnson reincarnated. And that was why I felt so confident in saying he would play for the Queensland Maroons next year. Sorry, last year, because as soon as Billy Slater was made coach, 
I knew that Billy would see what I could see, that he is just Dallas Johnson reincarnated. He's an absolute warrior, Ruben Cotter, and he's a guy that's probably going to play 25 origin games for the Queensland Maroons, but if he was a New South Welshman, I'm not convinced he plays one. He's just a classic example of just an absolute goer. He is Queensland through and through. Lindsay Collins, man of the match tonight. What a performance. 42 minutes, 13 runs, 136 run metres, 29 tackles. But it's the little moments that made the game of Lindsay Collins. Uh, The little moments like the trap and scrap that he got at full pace to be able to regain that, to not give a six again there. Incredible stuff. The shot on Jerome Lewis to knock the ball loose. He just comes up with these little moments, Lindsay Collins. And last game, it was a huge moment. It was jumping over James Tedesco and doing unbelievable things. Uh, But he just seems to get better and better with every single origin that he plays at the moment, Lindsay Collins. And he is... He is a scary, scary prospect moving forward. Such a champion footballer, Lindsay Collins, and he's going to have such a very, very successful career. And I heard him talking to Danica Mason after the game, just how polite he is, how kind he is. Uh, He is just everything you could possibly want out of a representative front row forward. So shout out to Lindsay Collins. He was tremendous. Um, DCE. Uh, Look, I've already sort of spoken about DCE, but that tackle, like, that's going to be forever his origin moment. And he's had a few. I mean, he comes up with big big plays in every single series. Normally, it's coming off his boot. uh, But in this game, he did it defensively. He did it in an origin moment that he had no right to make. At 34 years of age, there was absolutely no reason for DCE to be there to tackle Stephen Crichton, who was running away. Incredible stuff from Cherry. Um, He's such an interesting guy to see where he lies in, you know, origin history because he's. I think he's always going to be a little bit underrated. I don't. I think that we're always we're going to get to the end of DCE's career and go, oh, you know, he obviously wasn't as good as Langer. He wasn't as good as Cronk. He wasn't as good as JT. All these guys, and I and I agree with all that. But fuck, what he's managed to do with the skill set that he has and with the team that he's had coming off the back of all these guys retiring, him taking over this team. It's pretty damn impressive what DCE has managed to do, uh, and it's all because he's got ticker. And he understands the game of rugby league. He just gets it. Incredible from Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, such a special footballer. Reese Walsh. Wow. Um, as you guys all know, we've all been a fan of Reese Walsh. Uh, not enough for us to pick him in game one. We still would have gone with KP, but Billy Slater pulled this rein. And uh, how good has he been? 146 metres, seven tackle breaks, one line break, two line break assists, two offloads. Obviously got sent off in this game, uh, but that was after he absolutely ran a train over us. Uh, carried on a heap as he came off the field, but you know what? If you're going to – it's it's not like he doesn't back up what he does. It's not like he doesn't put in the good performances. He, sp- he spoke and he chatted a bit after game one, came out and said that was a bit over the top, and he backed it up with a cracking performance here with a nine out of ten performance for Queensland. So – you, you might get upset. You, may, you might think he's a lair. You can call him whatever the hell you want. But if Reese Walsh keeps putting up performances like that, he can act however the hell he wants and he can embrace that Queensland jersey. Maybe it's that sort of passion we need. Because I'll tell you what, when the chips were down and New South Wales Blues were trying to start fights, Reese Walsh spent the 78 minutes before that absolutely working his dick off, getting his team into a position where it didn't matter that he got sent off in the last moment of that game. That's what we need more of, unfortunately. The confidence that Reese Walsh has come in with, uh, it has just been incredible. And you know what I love? Reese Walsh constantly criticised at Clubland for the amount of mistakes that he makes. And I've always said I love how many mistakes Reese Walsh makes because he's always trying to win the game of football. Doesn't always go his way, but he's always trying to win the game of football. You know how many mistakes he's made in two games? You know how many errors he's had in his first two games of origin? A grand total of one. He's had one error. 
So even his biggest down point, he's obviously cleaned that up. And it's not like he hasn't taken risks. He's thrown risky passes. He's taken gambles. But he just produces on this stage. So for me, even though I'm a New South Welshman and it, and it annoys the living hell out of me seeing him lair up as he gets sent from the field, I go, fair play, kid. You've earned it. You've come into the biggest arena that our game has to offer and you have stood and delivered. Absolutely delivered. So shout out to Reese Walsh. I, I think he has been tremendous in this series and I cannot believe that they've just won a series that didn't include Kalen Ponga whatsoever and at no point did they miss him in any way, shape or form simply because... Reese Walsh was so good. Unbelievable stuff. Hamiso, tonight, one try, one try assist, two line break assists, 19 tackles, only missed one tackle. Now, you all know the narrative coming into this Origin Series and last time he played centre, he's going to get beaten up defensively. He's not going to handle himself. Uh, and to be honest with you, I was part of that crowd when he came in and played centre a couple of years ago against Tommy Turbo. I just said he's no hope. But he showed me that night that this guy's a proper Origin player. And ever since then, I have backed Miso in whenever he's been in the Origin Arena. And I'm a guy who didn't think he'd make it as a fullback at the Dolphins. But you can just tell this kid is an Origin player. There is just something special about him. He's now played three games as a starting centre in the Origin Arena. He's won three from three. He's scored four tries. He's made 44 tackles. And he's missed a grand total of one tackle. Three games at centre, marking some of the most potent guys in rugby league and he's missed one tackle in three games of State of Origin where he's playing out of position or a position he's not used to at least, and he's won all those games and scored four tries. 44 tackles, one missed. Unbelievable. What a freak this guy is, Hamiso. Absolute champion. Shout-out to Val Holmes as well, crossed the stripe twice. Um, now, if you wind the clock back four weeks ago, Val Holmes had just come off by far and away the worst game of his career. Stafford Toa gave him an absolute bath. And ever since then, for Queensland, he's been great. The games he's gone back and played for the Cows, he has absolutely torn it up back there. Uh, just the ultimate professional, Val Holmes, and I am very, very confident that he backs up and represents... Uh, the North Queensland Cowboys this weekend. Sorry, guys, bit of a yawn there. It is very late. Uh, but yeah, Val Holmes, a tremendous effort. Really, really special performance so far in this series. One of the experienced heads in this group, especially in a pretty young group of outside backs. With Dane Gagai gone now, he's the experienced head in the outside backs. Uh, and he was fantastic. So shout out to the Maroons. Uh, what a series victory. Incredible stuff. Um just so many standout players, so many standout moments, all the way down to the coaching staff. Uh, it has just been such an impressive campaign, and I really do hope that all you Queenslanders are lapping it up and enjoying it because you do deserve it. You have got something very, very special up there. And at the end of the day, it goes deeper than you know the 13 on the field, the 17 in the team, the 20 in the squad, the 30 in the coaching staff. It comes down to the couple of million in Queensland, and what you've managed to build up there has just been... Nothing short of amazing. So, so impressive. Um, and that kills me to say as a New South Welshman, but there's just no denying it. No denying it whatsoever. So shout out to Queensland. I wanted this podcast to be about what Queensland did, not what New South Wales didn't do. And I really do hope I've done it justice. So full respect to you guys. I hate yous. Don't get me wrong. I hate yous and I hate how successful you are and it shits me to no end. But I simply can't ignore how much I respect you and what you've done up there. So shout out to you. Enjoy it, Queenslanders. Hopefully we can come back next year and give you a good run for your money. Now, the New South Wales Blues. Uh, plenty of frustration here for me. 
Um, so much frustration, just so much. Because uh, the night started so well. Uh, obviously, ordered my crust pizza, absolutely lapped that up. Had a couple of gym beams, obviously the perfect fit for social moments shared with mates ahead of matches and throughout the footy season, in particular, the State of Origin Arena. Nothing better than a gym beam and a pizza before the game. Perfect for your pre-match Jim Beam. Absolutely love it. Always been a huge fan my entire life and to have Jim Beam involved with the podcast now, uh, dream come true sort of stuff for me. So unreal. Uh, then the game kicked off and um, obviously we mentioned at the start of the podcast, Tommy Turbo, he went down injured, which was far from ideal. Um, and it was how we replaced him that blew me away. But I don't think it's the issue. I'll talk about Damien Cook playing there in the first place. So why Freddie made that decision, I will never know and I will never be able to make sense of. Um, I understand him running with two hookers and I, I know a lot of people took the take of, geez, why wouldn't we have an outside back on the bench? And I just, like, <laughs> it just, it just if, if you had an outside back on the bench and, you know, your starting hooker got injured, then what do we do? Then it's the same problem the other way. It's the same as when Teddy got injured a few years ago. Why didn't we have a fullback on the bench? Well, what would have happened if we had a fullback on the bench tonight? What happened if we had, you know, everyone said you should have had Ryan Pappenhausen. What would have happened if we had Pappy on the bench tonight? You know what I mean? Like you just, you can't, you can't just respond to every injury and go, well, why didn't we have him on the bench? Just doesn't make sense. If we had Jack White and that problem solved, but we didn't have that guy like Jack White and Freddie didn't think that we could get through this game for 80 minutes with a hooker, despite thinking that we could last week in game one. I'm not trying to get into the head of Freddie. I'm never going to be able to make sense of what he does. But I do think it is a little bit hindsighty um, to say we should have had an outside back on the bench. But could Freddie have handled it better than what he did? Most definitely. Why on earth would Damien Cook be the guy to go out there that just makes... And you know what? If Damien Cook was out there for 15 minutes because Freddie was trying to sort out what he was going to do, sure. But for him to be the first choice guy to put out there and leave out there for the entire game, what, what is going on? How, how did he possibly come to that conclusion? It then meant that your debutant, who was probably expecting to play 30 minutes, had to play 80 minutes in the middle. And shout out to Reese Robson. I thought he did tremendously well. I thought he did really, really well in this game. Had a little stumble just on half time. I think just because he's... Pretty much his ass was falling out the back. He was exhausted. But I thought Reese Robson did really well. And I just... I don't understand why he wouldn't shift... One of his back rowers out there. I don't understand why he wouldn't shift Cam Murray out there. I don't understand why he wouldn't shift Hudson Young. Hudson Young probably would have been the guy for me. Cam Murray has played centre before and done a job there before. I just I don't understand why you would take an out and out middle forward a hooker who, you know, like there, there, there's a big difference between being a good tackler and being a good defender. To do what Damian Cook does in the middle, you have to be a good tackler. To do what centers do, you have to be a good defender because the difference is that center is a decision-making position. In defense, you have to make decisions. You have to make the right calls at the right moments. You have to trust the guys around you and they have to trust you. And all of a sudden, you just put him in completely new combinations with guys that he just hasn't he hasn't defended with before in a position that he hasn't defended at before and he doesn't he, oh, it just it just made no sense to me whatsoever I couldn't couldn't even fathom making any sense of it whatsoever and if you are you know if you are going to defend someone there like put a back row there shift one of your halves there do do just put someone out there that understands how to defend on an edge at least. It's just such an important position to shove a guy in there who just makes 40 tackles through the middle every single week and doesn't have to think too much 
about where he's standing, where his positioning is, his spacing between players. Like, it just doesn't... Oh, I don't know. It just made no sense to me whatsoever. But look, like I said in game one, and I stand by it 100%. I know it's very easy to get mad at Freddie, and I'm, I'm filthy at Freddie. I'm, I'm done. I've fucking, I've been his biggest fan for a very long time. It's time to move in a, in a different direction because it's just not working. But for me... The issue wasn't so much that we put Damien Cook at centre. Was it a mistake? Yes, but that's not the that's not the underlying issue. That's a problem. The issue is why can't we put guys slightly out of position? Why can't we shove guys in different spots and say to them, hey, you're playing for the New South Wales Blues, just make it work. Just go out there and make it work. Because, you know, we all sat there after, well, not all of us, but the, I think the, the people that don't get it, Sat there at the end of game one and went, why do you put Nico Hines there? Why do you make that decision? Oh, he's, but like, I'm sorry, why can Freddie not say, hey, Nico, I'm going to put you at centre. You're going to defend one spot to the right of where you usually defend. Just hold your own. Just hold your width and just make it work, mate. It's 10 minutes against 12 players. Just make it work. Because I guarantee you, when Ben Hunt decided, when, when Billy Slater decided in game one, oh, shit, I need to move Ruben Cotter and Ben Hunt to centre, he just would have said to them, hey, I've got a job for you and I just need you to work it out and just make it work. And they would have gone, yep, good as gold, I'll do it. I mean, we we, we, we got to the end of game one and everyone was talking about why Nico Hines was at centre. On the other side of the field, there was a halfback slash hooker defending at centre and there was a front row forward slash hooker defending at centre with 12 players on the field. Did you see any problems? Did you see any issues? Nothing. But we moved Nico Hines, a Dalian medalist from last year, two spots to the right of where he normally defends. Goes to water, concedes a try there, and then we put Damien Cook out there tonight. And I agree, Damien Cook shouldn't have been there. But I guarantee you, if Queensland would have put Ben Hunt there in the third minute and Billy Slater would have said, hey, Ben, I need you tonight. I need you to do a job, and I just need you to show up and just make it work. Ben Hunt would have. And once again, I, 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 I really need to highlight that this isn't a Damien Cook problem. This isn't a Nico Hines problem. This is a New South Wales problem, and this is the underlying problem we have, and you can blame Freddie and the selections. I don't agree with what he did, and I can't stress that enough, but it isn't our issue at the end of the day. Our problem is that we just can't rely on guys to go and do a job. We can't, if everything goes to plan and everything's doing, going well and Latrell and Turbo are on the field and they're carving and our edges are on fire, good as God, we'll win, we'll look amazing. But if we get out there and we get punched in the face and something goes wrong... No good. No good. We can't handle it. We cannot just trust the guys around us to do a job, whatever that job might be, as much as it might be a job that doesn't fit with the job description of the players. We just fall apart. It's it's insane. Like the amount of people, the amount of New South Wales fans mentioned me going, Oh my god, the Fafita forward pass. Yeah, it was forward. It was. I agree. But did it decide that game? No. No, it didn't decide that game. How we responded to that decided that game. And our response was very, very disappointing. The play before that, Stephen Crichton took, not not an intercept, but he, he, he managed to get a loose kick. He managed to go the other end of the field. We then had a two-on-one, essentially, that we completely muffled straight after that. And then Queensland went the length and scored. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, that should have been a try for us twice. Critter should have scored. And Josh Adokar should have scored. We muffed both of them, but then we gave Queensland half an opportunity. They make a line break down the right-hand side, got to play the ball essentially at the exact same spot where Stephen Crichton uh, was tackled at the other end of the field, and they make it count. Was the pass forward? Yes, I think it was. But they got away with it. It was a margin call. It is what it is. We should have scored at the other end. That's on us. We should have scored twice at the other end. 
Don't blame the referees. That's cowardly. It's so cowardly. Take responsibility of the things we can take responsibility for and don't just finger point at things we have no control over. Because that's our biggest problem right now. It's infuriating. It is absolutely infuriating. And I come back to it once again. It's not a Nico problem. It's not a Cook problem. It's a problem with New South Wales and our culture. And it's a problem that Queensland do not have. They can put anyone anywhere and say, hey, do a job. Like, just take, you know, another example. Just, you know, Lindsay Collins jumping over the top of James Tedesco. Who, you know, that kick was put up. Lindsay Collins is a front row forward. He could have quite easily hung back and not chased like the five New South Wales players that didn't chase did. But he went, no, it's not in my job description, but I'm going to make it work and I'm going to see how I go. And he comes down with the ball and then shock me. Once he does come back down to earth after doing something amazing, he goes to offload and who's the guy standing there? The guy that understands the big moments, Cameron Munster. And you look behind Cameron Munster, there's five New South Wales Blues who are just walking. That's origin and that's our problem. And you look at the guys that Billy Slater picked and you listen to the way he's been talking uh, after that game last night. All he talks about is that he was picking guys that would never stop moving. They would always be walking. They would always be going, working off the ball, always be doing things. And I think that's our biggest problem in New South Wales. Just don't get that side of things. And and, and, and and I'm completely guilty of it too. When Slater makes some of these picks, I sort of went, oh, geez, I don't know about him. But ever since Slater has picked these guys, I've watched them very closely, whether it be at Clubland or State of Origin level, wherever it is. And you can just see they don't stop. They don't stop moving. They are always on the ball. They are always paying attention. They are always just keeping their legs rolling over just in case. Most of the time it comes to nothing. But occasionally you'll jump over the best fullback that rugby league has seen in, in since Billy Slater himself, and you'll come down with the ball and you'll set up a match-winning try in origin. That kick, it'll just happen to bounce your way. And you know what? That that cracking moment tonight where Hamiso scored, they got the room service bounce, unbelievable. You know what I loved about that play? And I got so excited at the time. Payne Haas. He had, he had no reason to be there. That that That's an origin play right there. Of course, it didn't go our way because the fucking kick was perfect for Hamiso and the bounce just landed in his chest. But Payne Haas put himself in a position that he didn't have to be in and he was there for it. And I love to see that from Payne Haas, but we need to see that from every other player on that field. And we just don't see it enough at the moment. Unless it's in Maroon, then we see it all the time over there. It's a serious worry. And look, I, I have I've been heavily in camp Brad Fittler for quite some time. He's still my favourite player of all time, but I think that he just isn't getting the job done. I think that, you know, whilst I don't think it all came down to poor coaching decisions, I think it goes deeper than that. There is no doubt whatsoever that the poor coaching decisions did not help us. The use of his interchanges has not helped us. Look at game one, the way that he used TPJ, the way that he used Hudson Young just made no sense. Then we got to tonight's game. Cam Murray has played centre at Clubland on a number of occasions. I think he's actually played there in Origin once too and done a job there. Why wasn't he put there? More so, why wasn't Cam Murray put on the field until the 48th minute? Why did we wait almost 50 minutes to put Cam Murray on the field? You know what that says to me? That says to me that Cam Murray's injured. That says to me that Cam Murray is not 100%. Now, you cannot go into the Origin arena with guys that are not 100%. Hence what Freddie told Campbell Graham four weeks ago. And if Campbell Graham would have been allowed to stay there, he's probably got two, two, two origins under his belt by now. But Freddie made the decision that if you're not 100% fit, you cannot be in this side. So what the hell happened with Cam Murray? Why did we make the decision to pick him if he was not 100%? 
And I am assuming he's not 100% because there is no other possible reason why the closest fucking thing we have got to Bradley Clyde wasn't put on the field until the 48th minute in a game where we needed some spark. We needed something. We also needed someone who can defend on the edge. And you've got a true origin player in Cam Murray sitting on the bench who has played centre and handled himself very well defensively in first grade on a number of occasions sitting on the pine until the 48th minute. It is outrageous. You look at the way he used Stefano as well. He put Stefano on for 13 minutes. In the midst of that 30 minutes was half time. I just, I cannot make sense of the decisions Freddie is making and the calls that he is making. It just, I can't even fathom how it all plays out. And then, of course, we get to the end of the game and it all just gets too much. Josh Adokar tries to punch Reese Walsh. Like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing here? I get we're frustrated, but fuck, we're better than that. What's going on? I just, it just makes no sense whatsoever. And then as Josh Adokar's walking off the field, he's beating his chest, pointing to the New South Wales emblem. I'm sorry, mate. I wasn't proud of the New South Wales emblem that night, and I certainly wasn't proud of it when we get beat by 20 and beaten 2-0 in the Origin Series after losing the series last year as well. I'm not proud of that jersey right now. I just, I just, it was, it was a really frustrating night all around. I found it, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just um, sort of lost for words a little bit. I don't know where we move forward. I don't think Freddie is the guy moving forward. But then is Brandy and Joey, are they the guys to have in there? Like, I, I don't know why, you know, we spent most of the last 10 days leading up to this game being aware that, you know, all the stuff going on with Joey all playing out publicly. Like you get, like I, I personally thought that, that that whole look of Cam Munster sort of taking the piss out in the other day and him just sitting there in silence, I didn't think that was a good look for the Blues. I didn't think, yeah, I don't know, just so many, so many unfortunate negatives to take out of that game for New South Wales. Um, some of the positives, I thought Reese Robson, he was fantastic. I thought he did really well. I thought the halfback, Mitch Moses, I'm sure there'll be a lot of you out there that have got no idea what you're talking about and no idea how to analyze a halfbacks game that'll tell me, oh, they didn't win. Mitch Moses was shit. He wasn't. He was actually really good. He actually had a really, really good first half. The game got away from him at the back end. And there was a number of times where he created things and his teammates didn't help him in any way, shape, or form. I thought his kicking game was really good. I thought Mitch controlled the side well. I thought that the combination with Jerome Luai lacked, but that was no shock. It's the first time they've ever played together. They've had 10 days to get to know each other. You could tell that combination it was lacking. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. But that's, that's the reality of when you pick new halves to go to Queensland. That's, that's why I don't really understand why we did it. But I thought Mitch Moses was really good. I think Jerome Luai had a pretty mixed bag. Did some good things. Uh, but you could tell that like the combination was really lacking there. And that's just that's two halves that haven't played enough footy together. That's the reality of it. This is why combinations are important. They're not the be-all and end-all. But they're important. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Mitch Moses and James Tedesco... Christ, Teddy, I, I uh, Teddy needs to he needs to let go of the ball. He needs to pass the ball, and he needs to, he's just I feel like he was just constantly popping up in the wrong areas. You know, I think part of why Mitch Moses was picked because he has a fantastic combination with James Tedesco. I'll tell you this for free: we didn't see it last night. Very, very disappointing stuff all round for the New South Wales Blues. I don't really know where we go forward from here. I don't know what the team for Game 3 looks like. Do we just blood a heap of guys? Are we handing out Blues jerseys to everyone? Do we stick with that group? I've got no idea where Freddie goes from here, and I've got no idea. Cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Who's going to coach this side next year? Because I don't think it can be Freddie. I, I just I love him to bits, and I'm the biggest Freddie fan in the world. But I just I don't think he's got what it takes, and a lot of you have been saying that for a long time, and you know maybe even right all along. But I just don't think he's the guy for the next series. I think we need to make a change. Where do we make that change? I've got no idea. He's our most experienced player ever. No one knows anything more about Origin footy than Brad Fittler, and if it's not Freddie, it's probably Joey Brandy right up there as well. Three guys that are in the cam right now that haven't been able to do it, haven't been able to flick that switch, and turn us into a real sort of Origin team like Queensland. We're so far off, it's not even funny. So far off, it's crazy. (sighs) Yeah, very, very tough night at the office. Once again, shout out to the Queensland Maroons. Uh, I hope you guys thoroughly enjoy your victory. You guys deserve it. I hope you're all going nuts up there in Queensland. Uh, Hopefully, I've been been able to give you a pretty unbiased review uh, of that game and how it all played out through my eyes. Um, Hopefully, I wasn't, Bias to New South Wales. Hopefully, I wasn't too negative on New South Wales. I just, I just want to call it as I see it. Uh, I thought Payne Haas had a good game as well. He did a number of very good things, but uh, yeah, disappointing night all round. I don't know where the Blues go from here, but enjoy it, Queenslanders. Uh, you get Origin. You had a fantastic series, and you should lap it up. And you should be very, very proud of not only the boys you put out there, but the coaching staff. Billy Slater, he scares the living shit out of me. Looking into the future, uh, it is such a scary prospect, and I am terrified to see what Billy Slater can achieve over the next couple of years. We come back down to Sydney now for game three, obviously a dead rubber game, but I just want to see some pride restored in that jersey. I really do. But I'll tell you what, even if we win game three and we play well, God, it's going to be frustrating because where was that? Where was that in a game one where we had it in the bag? Where was that in game two where we didn't fire a shot? You know what I mean? Very, very tough. Uh, we'll talk more about the game over the next couple of days, guys. Uh, hopefully try and get in with Kempi in the studio at some point, do a little review of the game. Uh, but, yeah, do a bit more on the Rugby League Guru podcast. If you've got any questions or anything you want me to explore a little bit more, please send me a message, guys, um, and I can have a look into it. But thanks for tuning in to the Rugby League Guru podcast once again this week or during the origin period, brought to you by Jim Beam, the perfect drink for the pregame. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.